Hello again and welcome to another episode of Just Another Mark, a wrestling podcast. Please keep in mind that there will be cussing on this show. So, if you protect your children from words, do not listen until they aren't around. Also, please keep in mind that the news I'm reporting on in each episode is sourced from around the internet and supposedly true at the time of my recording. Any personal input is just that, my own. And last but not least, remember that I am human. I'm talking for a long time and things will potentially be noisy around me and I may make noises as well. I'm going to try my best not to do it though. But please, forgive me if it happens. With that said, let's begin the 3K. Hello, hello, lads and lasses, and welcome to yet another episode of Just Another Mark. A wrestling podcast. I'm Rob, and thank you for finding me wherever the fuck you did. Um, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcast, um, any of the podcasting market that you so choose. I'm supposed to be on Apple Podcast or Apple some shit, but I don't know where I am on that. I think I have to have X amount of episodes before they consider me or something. I don't know. Either way, this is just another Mark, a wrestling podcast, like I said. <clears throat> so we're going to do things a little bit differently today. I am kind of flipping some things around so that way it feels a little bit more, I don't know, um, original, I guess you could say, because I don't really want to lead the podcast off with the news. I feel like um, a lot of my strong points have always been talking uh, when it comes to my thoughts on professional wrestling. I used to write a column called The State of the E, and that was kind of the antithesis for me to start a podcast. I have named most of my episodes after my Ramblin' Rob segments, so Ramblin' Rob was kind of like a continuation from State of the E, where I express my thoughts at the end of the podcast, kind of like a um, Jerry uh, Springer thing, where he would do his thoughts at the end, and that was it. So I reformatted a little bit. I'm going to start with the Ramblin' Rob segments from now on, uh, which is going to be the main meat and potatoes of the show. Then I'm going to go to, I've renamed uh, three segments <laughs> into one now. So instead of doing hashtag raw talk, hashtag smack talk, hashtag NX talk, and then hashtag AEW talk, you know, it's just one segment called let's hashtag talk TV, excuse me, TV wrestling. Um, instead of reviewing what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick like the best moments that stick in my memory for that week of TV wrestling, whether it's raw, whether it's SmackDown, AEW, NXT, ring of honor, uh, new Japan. Wow. Um, PWG, anything like that, whatever the best things are that I, that stick with me that week, I will discuss does that mean I'm going to get to everything? Absolutely not. But hey, it is what it is. 
Um, then after that, I'm going to do my new segment, which, um, which is which is not a new segment, but it's it's called PP, PPV reviews. So I just basically instead of having separate segments for each one, it'll all be considered one segment separated by commas. So that way, when you see PPV reviews. It'll say like WWE Clash of Champions, AEW, uh, all out, you know, comma, all out. So that's how that's going to go from now on. It's still going to be the same content that I was providing previously, just renamed and repackaged a little bit. So you're going to have Ramblin' Rob, uh, top moments from wrestling TV that week, then the pay-per-view review Whichever, you know, one so happens to be that week or just like a few weeks ago when you had All Out, Royal Quest, and uh, NXT Cardiff all in one fucking Saturday. So, you know, it's all just going to be separated by commas at that point. Then I'm going to have the old school review, which is me reviewing one random old school pay-per-view every week, and that's what it'll be. Um, I'm going to try to... I'm not going to say go in depth on the pay-per-view, but I will continue to do like match uh, listings, the minutes of each match. I'm going to try to like get the arenas, the cities, um, attendance, you know, all that stuff for like the old things. Uh, Then I'm going to do weekly news. I'm going to take the top five to seven or eight stories that stick with me through the week and I feel that are the most important to bring to you guys on my weekly podcast. And then I'm going to end it with from the desk of a jobber. So I'm ending it with a Q&A session. Um, what that means is if you ask questions, <clears throat> I answer them. Uh, fortunately for me this week, Nobody asked me questions, so I'll be ending with the weekly news. And that's kind of another thing. From the desk of a jobber is something that I really want to do, but I don't feel like it's kind of caught on yet. So I'm hoping that uh, it will, because I'm not necessarily a, a analyst or somebody that's worked tons of fucking matches, but I've been around wrestling my entire life. I've been on the inside. I've been on the outside. So, I mean, I, I do have an opinion. (laughs) So either way, that's kind of the new format of things going forward. And I just wanted to take a few minutes to explain how things are going to go. And then, you know, if I get the chance to do interviews, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to cap off the show with interviews instead. So um, that'll give people more enticement to stay for the whole episode. You know, obviously I'm trying to create some sort of um, rhythm, some sort of business or some sort of something out of this. So you got to have things that appeal to everybody throughout the show. And that's what I'm hoping to do with this. So on to the first segment of today's newly formatted podcast, Ramblin' Rob. And this one, I will be talking about the issue with ratings. Now, I've done this many times before. I did it when I was writing State of the E, 
I think I actually did it in one of my first episodes of the podcast, but I'm seeing it become more prevalent. Like for some reason, all these talking heads and, um, you know, all these podcast guys and everything. I don't understand why they're still stuck in the fucking nineties. Okay. Or the eighties. The way we consume media is so vastly different than how we used to do it back in the 80s and 90s. In the 80s and 90s, you had Nielsen ratings, um, and they weren't even accurate. So you would have people sign up to be Nielsen families, and they would send you a pencil and a fucking paper that you would fill out and say what your weekly television habits were. You can lie on those goddamn things. And you'd make a dollar thirty or a dollar fifty a month or some shit or however many papers you filled out during the week or whatever. You'd make a dollar thirty off of it. Then they kind of got a little bit better with the ratings where you signed up to be a Nielsen family and only the Nielsen family people were the ones that were counted for ratings when cable really truly became a thing. But a lot of a lot of lower markets never transitioned to that. So when Raw and Nitro were having those fucking 4.8 and 6.8 and 9.1 ratings, okay? That might not even have been accurate. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't really understand when it comes to ratings, okay? Ratings aren't real. Ratings are just a general number that they utilize for the people that have signed up to be part of this family or signed up to do this. So you're not even getting a actual accurate representation of people that watch these programs. And you also have to remember that the WWE and all of these companies now are worldwide. Back in the 80s and 90s, you had to fucking trade tapes in order to watch New Japan. You had to trade tapes in order to watch ECW or some local random fucking indie fed in the United States. Okay, it's not like that anymore. A lot of these feds have YouTube shows. Are they cutting edge? Absolutely not. But does it expose their brand to potentially millions of people? Absolutely it does. We are in a technology renaissance where everything is provided to you at the fucking snap of a finger. If I want to go watch any old WWF, WWE, ECW, WCW, NWA, AWA, WCCW, any of these old events, I can do it whenever I want to. Thank you to the WWE Network. Okay? Anything. All these things that were considered commodities and hot buys where... A WrestleMania, if you did under 1 million buys, it might have been considered a failure. 
Okay. Obviously, that's a high ball number, but what I'm saying is it's still a point of the ratings. All right. Since the WWE Network has come along and it's basically changed the pay per view game and changed the way that we receive content, it's not a stretch of the imagination to understand that Vince McMahon knows that content is being consumed differently. On the YouTube page for the WWE, every fucking video hits no less than 500, 600,000 people. Okay. There's been some videos that have had two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine million fucking people. All right. And what happens is you've got nine million fucking people watching these videos or these segments or something that still translates into revenue that still translates into ad dollars that still translates into ratings. Okay. Hulu every week airs a condensed version of raw after it's done the next day. All right. Hulu subscribers watch that. They take that into consideration. It's not just TV ratings anymore that are the driving force behind these companies. And that's how come AEW got such a fantastic deal on TNT. Because yes, they want to provide content. Yes, they want to help get some ratings. But the whole major fact is they wanted to get a different type of audience to TNT. TNT executives don't own AEW, okay? That's the big point. AEW bought that time. AEW bought those slots. Obviously, contracts and agreements had to be made for that to happen. But the thing is, Tony Khan pushed and pushed to get those spots available. And... Obviously, TNT wants to make a profit. Obviously, TNT wants to uh, turn ratings. But the thing is, if people have paid any sort of attention, AEW has taken a very, very, very hands-on internet approach to, um, I guess you could say, promote AEW as a brand, as they should. Because they're catering to a new audience. They're catering to a new generation of wrestling fan. They're catering to people that don't necessarily have time to sit down and watch a three-hour episode of Raw every Monday. Shit, I do. I've had that time and that luxury since 1993 when it was only one hour. I've followed Raw since the beginning. Excuse me. Don't plan on stopping anytime soon. But does that mean that I've not fallen asleep during an episode? I've fallen asleep during many fucking episodes. Um, The last probably three weeks in a row, I've fallen asleep during Raw. Okay? That's not because I'm bored. It's because I'm an adult and I have a life. I have kids. I have a wife. I have things that I do throughout the day. And by the time 9, 30, 10 o'clock comes, man, I'm fucking tired. I am, I'm beat. I'm ready to go to sleep. 
Um, fuck this, you know? And then, shit, I'm yawning right now. Yeah, yawn break. <clears throat> so, I'm tired. And I'll take a little nap during Raw, and that'll fuck me up for the rest of the night. So, uh, <laughs> if anything, I hate Raw because of that. Like, I'll sleep it from 9.30 to 10 and wake up at, like, 11, 11 o'clock and wonder what the fuck happened, go online, and luckily, you know, sometimes there's there's people in my wrestling group, Wrestling Empire, that will, you know, cover the end of the show because all of a sudden I've disappeared and most people know that I go to sleep. So, you know, I, I don't cover the last few matches. Oh, my God. I don't cover the last few matches of Raw, and, well, it is what it is. But either way, I digress. The point that I'm trying to make is ratings, as in TV ratings, aren't the end-all, be-all cap of how you should perceive wrestling content in 2019, okay? There's 9,000 different fucking forms of media there's tons of avenues to get a hold of things. And WWE is not just concerned with television deals. Obviously, that's a big part of that. But when they negotiate with USA or they negotiate with Fox, they don't just use, oh, well, we've gotten a 1.8 rating or a 2.4 rating um, of the market share. Yeah, that might be the low end of what they use to negotiate, but they also, and the biggest fucking thing here that a lot of people don't realize is they use the fact that they're one of the biggest social media outlets in the entire world do their talking for them, okay? They have one of the hugest reaches social media-wise than more fucking conglomerates, okay? They've got more follows, more likes, more whatever you want to call it than most major companies. And that's a huge selling point for the WWE, okay? Because you can take Little Caesar ads, you can take Skittles ads, you can take Snickers ads, you can take Slim Jim ads, you can take whatever the fuck you want and put it on their program because they're rated PG. That's pretty much for everybody. Parental guidance, yeah, but that's that sweet spot. PG is where you want to be at for all the advertisers, all right? Because you're not just getting... Uh, products that are arranged for teenagers and old males and this and that or whatever. You're getting products for everybody. <sighs> God damn it. Who doesn't want to fucking eat a Snickers? Who doesn't want to eat a Slim Jim? Who doesn't want to, you know, um, have a piece of pizza every now and then or whatever? Like, I mean, these are things that everybody enjoys, now, WWE, when they were TV-14, were losing a lot of their providers when it comes to things like that. They, they were losing a lot. They couldn't afford to lose more, so that's one of the reasons why they went PG. Sponsors were leaving, and the content became too edgy to a point where... <laughs> 
you didn't know what you were going to do the next week to top the week before. You know, luckily, uh, uh, Nitro, WCW did go out of business. Because what the fuck were they going to continue to do? <laughs> like, they pushed the bar every week so far that it got to a point of shy of killing somebody that they just, what, what else could you do to draw ratings? But that's what it was back then. You had to beat the competition, even though those ratings weren't real, even though those ratings weren't quantified or calculated the way they should have been. Okay. We'll never know the true numbers of people that really watched live for all, you know, a lot of these people that were Nielsen quote unquote families could have been people that were families of WCW crew members or families of WWF crew members. We won't know. We'll never know. But the fact is ratings, television, terrestrial ratings are not the end all be all. And I really wish these fucking talking heads would stop making it that way. WWE is smart. Vince McMahon is smart. He knows that, that that we're living in 2019. Vince may be old. A lot of people may think he's senile. But the thing is, he still knows how to market. That's one thing Vince has always done. He's been a promoter first, marketer second. That goes hand in hand, don't you think? In order to promote, you have to know how to market. And that's where I'm leaving things off for the issue with ratings. Okay. Don't let Nielsen ratings scare you. Don't let Wrestle Talk or uh, Taz or Edge and Christian or any of these people scare you when it comes to. In a few weeks, oh no, NXT is losing to AEW. Oh no, AEW is losing to NXT because it's not the same as it was. We'll never have another war like we did in the 90s. Never, okay? Because there's not going to be one person that goes out there and calculates all the YouTube views, calculates all the Hulu views, calculates all the cable views, calculates all the Twitter views, calculates all the the Instagram views, the Facebook views. There's not going to be somebody out there to calculate all of that every week to give you definitive numbers. There's not. You've got 2.5 million watching on Terrestrial, 2.7 million watching on YouTube, not to mention the amount of people that illegally stream, you're never going to know how many people really watch Raw. You're not. Or NXT. Or AEW. Or SmackDown. You're not. So, just take it with a grain of salt. And why don't we now talk about the thing that you know, kind of drives <laughs> this show weekly. And that is let's talk or let's hashtag talk TV wrestling.
this week, I had the pleasure of watching Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, obviously, Sunday was Clash of Champions, which I'll review that. Yeah, man. I'll review that in just a little bit. Um, the big things that stuck out to me on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT this week were pretty much, I'm going to go by memory as I'm thinking here. Uh, so if things are a little bit jumbled, it is what it is. You're going to have to deal with it. I didn't do like a top 10 list this week. I, I might actually do that. I might do a top 10 or top 20 moments. I think that that might be cool. That might be cool. Um, let me know what you guys think, if you can, you know. Um, Bray Wyatt at the end of Raw was fucking amazing. Um, Seth Rollins was getting beaten up by the OC. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and um, Bobby Roode, which I now call Rudolph. So that's that's their tag team name. Because one of the ladies in Wrestling Empire, Ray, she was talking during Clash of Champions. And she's like, uh, you know, I think Rudolph, Ru, you know, hyphen Dolph would be a great name for that tag team. And I completely agree. So on Wrestling Empire, <sighs> they will be forever known as Rudolph. <laughs> So Rudolph and the OC were attacking Seth Rollins. So that's five on one. Nobody was coming out to help Seth. And all of a sudden you hear Kane's music. It goes red. Kane comes walking out, pulling his glove like he used to do. Um, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode leave the ring. He gives them their little uppercut things that he does. And then he chokeslams um, Gallows, I think. And then he has... Um, Anderson, um, AJ up for choke slams. He does them double and everybody's going crazy. Rollins is on the ground. He goes to lift up his arms to do his fire. And all of a sudden you hear the generator shut down. Another generator shut down. It goes dark. Those lights come on. They start flickering and you hear like the music playing and fucking Bray Wyatt comes up behind Kane and it's a really cool scene where Kane like slowly looks over his shoulder and then like hurries up and quickly turns around and Bray hits him with the fucking mandible claw with the hurt glove, of course, taking him down to the ground. And then after that happens, he crawls over to Seth Rollins, whose head is resting on the bottom turnbuckle and the rest of his body's like just limp in the ring. And the fiend, Bray Wyatt, like, starts tilting his head side to side like the Xenomorphs doing shit. And um, it goes off with Bray laughing at Seth. And then um, it cuts to the Firefly Funhouse. Like, um, I forget what it's called. But the picture, the graphic for Firefly Funhouse. Hmm. 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 This is stupid. That's what happens when you have three and a half hours of sleep, but I digress. So it cuts to that, and 
the music is warped, demented, slowed down, um, fast forwarded, reversed. Then the picture looks like it's burning. Then it goes back to normal, like old film green stuff. Like, you know, the people that have been around since like the seventies or eighties, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like when things get warped and shit, that's, that's what it did. So I thought that was pretty damn awesome. Um, Another thing that stuck out really big to me was Baron Corbin winning the King of the Ring 2019. Him and Gable put on a fantastic match. <sighs> um, once Drew got hurt and once Joe was put out and all that shit, all signs pointed to Corbin. So, I mean, congratulations to him. I'm not mad at him. They're going to give you those pushes. You take them. Um, monopolize every minute that you have on television, obviously. So, uh, kudos to him. Um, another thing that was pretty huge to me was Sasha and Bailey versus Becky and Charlotte. Uh, the match didn't end right, but still... Seeing, oh no, it wasn't Sasha and Bailey against Becky and Charlotte. Jesus Christ, it was Sasha and Bailey against Alexa and Nikki Cross. And they beat Nikki Cross and Alexa. And that's when, um, uh, Becky came out and then Charlotte came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my bad right there. But needless to say, it was good to see Charlotte, or not, ah! Bailey and Sasha back together and get a win over the women's tag team champions. It would be really cool to see Bailey as a SmackDown women's champion, Sasha as the Raw women's champion, and then them as tag team champions. That would be pretty cool. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because um, I, I just don't think it will. <laughs> Uh, the other big thing that stuck out, which is probably why I'm thinking Charlotte, is because Becky wasn't available to help Charlotte at this point. I guess I don't I don't know what happened. I don't remember what happened, but I know that Sasha and Bailey were getting ready to beat up Charlotte, and they were doing all sorts of stuff. And all of a sudden, Carmella came out. And fucking super kicked Sasha. And then she gave the explanation that her and Charlotte aren't exactly friends. But um, it is what it is. So she helped her. Yada yada. Either way. Um, that was cool. What else? I'm trying to think of the Raw Smackdown spectrum. Because NXT, you know, you had Roderick Strong win the North American Championship. From Velveteen Dream. And that made Undisputed Error come out with all the gold. The prophecy has been foretold. It's September, but finally the prophecy has been foretold. Um, Candice LeRae is the number one contender to Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship. Um, Adam Cole is putting his NXT championship on the line against somebody on October 4th. I don't remember who, but 
the first episode of um, AEW versus NXT, Adam Cole is going against someone. <sighs> and then also, that's where Candice LeRae gets her shot at Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, what else? Uh, Matt Riddle and Killian Dane had a brouhaha, as Mara Ronaldo called it. And, um, you know, it set up potentially Walter versus Riddle for the uh, WWE um, UK Championship. Not sure, but uh, that would be pretty dope if it did, right? So NXT was pretty damn awesome last night. I can't think of anything else awesome. Oh, on SmackDown, Kevin Owens is going to sue Shane McMahon for wrongful termination um, because Shane McMahon beat up Kevin Owens, who was a WWE official at the time that he was fired. And um, he was fired for not doing what Shane said, which was, you know, insubordination. But the thing is, he actually did do what he was supposed to do. He counted three. He, would, he didn't do a fast count. He did a regular count. And Shane fired him for being insubordinate, even though he did what he was supposed to do as a ref. Ta-ha! Needless to say, Kevin Owens will win that one in any fucking court system. So... Then we had, as I said, NXT. Told you all about that. Blah, blah, blah. Honestly, I think we're done with kind of like the biggest moments that were on television for me. Um, there weren't many memorable matches this week on WWE television. So hopefully with Bola coming up in a couple days. Actually, today I think Bola starts Battle of Los Angeles. Um, that's PWG. So with Bola coming up and a couple other events, hopefully I'll have, you know, a little bit better next week when it comes to the realm of this week in wrestling television. So let's hop on to the next one, PPB, PPV review, and that is going to be Clash of Champions. That took place on September 15th, 2019 at the sh in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Spectrum Center. Um, there were 11 fucking matches on this event. Uh, two of those were kickoff matches. The first being Drew Gulak, who is the uh, WWE Cruiserweight Champion. He defeated Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado in a triple threat match for the Cruiserweight Championship to retain at 10 minutes and 5 seconds. Then on the second kickoff match, which fucked everybody up, AJ Styles, who is the United States champion, defeated Cedric Alexander in a singles match for the WWE United States Championship at 4 minutes and 55 seconds. Um, first match of the kickoff gets a 3.5. It was good. Um, fans were chanting, this is awesome. Love to hear it for the, um, for the cruiserweights. Hopefully that builds something good going for them going into NXT. Um, AJ being on the kickoff show was probably one of the most surprising things anybody has ever witnessed because 
it's AJ on the kickoff show. So, yeah. Um, after that, the real main card began. And you had Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler defeating the as-then-current WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, for the tag team for the Raw Tag Team Championships in 9 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, that match gets about a two and a half. Very predictable. V- knew that Rollins and um, Strowman were going to lose the Tag Team Championship just so that way it would fuel their match later on that night. So the second match um, was Bailey, who is the current SmackDown Women's Champion, defeating Charlotte in a singles match for the SmackDown Women's Championship at 3 minutes and 45 seconds. Quick match. Nothing to really say, nothing to really talk about. Ladies just uh, aren't getting the time anymore. Um that they were until obviously later on in the event, because we did have three women's matches on the card. Um, I'm going to give it a two and a half um, because it had a fucky ending and Bailey, you know, deliberately did shit to win. And that's that. Then the next match was the revival, which is Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder defeating the new day which consisted of Big E and Xavier Woods, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships uh, by submission at 10 minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, Decent match. Not anything huge to write home about. Definitely three stars, though. Then you had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville for the Women's Tag Team Championship, while continuing to be the Women's Tag Team Champions. At nine minutes and five seconds. Um, Botchamania. <laughs> that match was all over the place bad. Uh, the only saving grace was Nikki Cross using her shirt to smack Alexa on the ass. And that was great because the jiggle was real. Um, man, my nose is stuffed. No good. Then the next match you had Shinsuke Nakamura retaining his... Uh, WWE Intercontinental Championship against The Miz. He did have Sami Zayn out on his side. You know, The Miz may or may not have caused reason for Shinsuke to retain. Uh, He did. But that was at 9 minutes and 35 seconds. Excuse me. I'm going to give this one a definite 3.5 because it was better than average. Uh, Both of those guys... I'm not going to say laid it all out there, but showed that they have very good potential together, that they have very good chemistry, and I actually hope they get another match out of it. I do not hope, though, that The Miz um, becomes Intercontinental Champion out of this because I, for some reason, see them frothing at the mouth to make The Miz tie Chris Jericho, who obviously is the AEW World Heavyweight Champion right now. So... When when Clash of Champions happened, they said that he would tie for the most intercontinental wins, but they didn't say who he would tie with. So, obviously, that's Chris Jericho. They didn't want to name his name, though. Duh. Um, in a singles match for the Raw Women's Championship, 
Sasha Banks defeated Becky Lynch by disqualification. So that at 20 minutes even. So what that means is Sasha won the match, but she's not Raw Women's Champion. Um, that will all be changed, hopefully, on October 2nd, I think, or 1st or something is the next pay-per-view. Either way, it takes place before the first, or no, maybe it takes place after the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. I'm not quite sure, but either way, um, there's going to be a draft coming up that next episode, which we'll talk about in the news. But um, they've been advertising Becky Lynch for SmackDown, so that's kind of like a uh, giveaway that Becky Lynch is going to be on SmackDown post-draft. So... Obviously, she can't keep the Raw Women's Championship, so that's going to definitely go to Sasha uh, for the time being. Uh, match number nine, you had Kofi Kingston retain his WWE Championship in a singles match against Randy Orton at 20 minutes and 50 seconds. You know what? That's the other thing that fucking happened on SmackDown. Probably the biggest thing, and I left it out because I'm a goddamn jobber. Um... Brock Lesnar came out to challenge Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship on the first episode of SmackDown, October 4th. So, needless to say, thank you, Kofi, for being WWE Champion for six months. Um, We wish you best in your future endeavors. So, either way, back to the Kingston-Orton match. These guys have no fucking chemistry together. I hate them together. I think uh, they suck as opponents of each other. And I'm not just saying that to be ignorant or mean or anything, but no, they really just, they don't have chemistry. They don't. Um, match number 10, Eric Rowan defeated Roman Reigns by, uh, in a no disqualification match at 17 minutes and 25 seconds. This saw the return of Luke Harper to WWE television. Um, That's the reason why Eric Rowan won. But still, Eric Rowan has a win against Roman Reigns in 2019. So, there you go. And in the main event of the evening, Seth Rollins defeated Braun Strowman in a Universal Championship match for the Universal Championship at 11 minutes even. (sighs) Look, having Seth... Go over clean is great because you're building Seth up to be uh, not necessarily a giant killer because Seth isn't exactly all that small, but you're building up the believability that Seth can take on men that are bigger in weight than he is and beat them. Okay, Brock Lesnar has a good 70, 80 pounds on Seth, and he beat Brock twice. So naturally, he should be able to beat um, Braun Strowman, which he did. But the thing is, in the process of beating Braun Strowman, they made Lesnar look completely weak. Because it took... Four curb stomps and a pedigree for Seth to beat Braun Strowman. Now, the fucked up thing about that is 
when Braun Strowman went up against Lesnar for the WWE or for the Universal Championship, Lesnar beat Strowman. Obviously, I know we can't judge WWE on their booking skills, but Lesnar beat Strowman clean with one F5. So you're telling me that Seth beat Lesnar clean with two stomps. Three, three, I'm sorry, just three stomps. But it took an extra stomp and a pedigree to take out Braun. But yet, Braun was beaten by one F5. Okay, I don't get it, but whatever. The match wasn't horrible. Braun jumped off the fucking top rope and was a 350-pound fucking missile. That was pretty dope. Um, Other than that, not the greatest of matches. Not the worst of matches. <sighs> Definitely had worse. But, yeah, that was that was Clash of Champions in a nutshell. I'm not going to say it was great. It is what it is. Um, and for the old school review this week, I... <laughs> I didn't get one ready, so that's on me. I'm an asshole. I apologize. Um, but the good thing is, uh, old school review can be cut if I'm running a little bit long in a tooth. And I kind of am this week, so I want to kind of blast through the news of the week because, again, like I said, I don't have any questions from the desk of a jobber, so that's cool. Um, and I don't have anything for the old school review. So all we have left is the weekly news, and that's pretty much uh, pretty much what's going to happen here. So let me get up the weekly news, and we'll go ahead and discuss that. So I've got one, two, three, four, five, five news events to talk to you about today. I'm going to lead off with the big cast incident. <clears throat> At a WrestlePro show uh, sometime after I recorded last week's podcast, Big Cass showed up to that event as a surprise guest entrance, entrant in a battle royal. Him and Joey Janela got into a big conflict over the, um, uh, over the uh, Enzo Amore shit that happened a couple months ago at a Blink-182 concert. So, apparently the night before, that Friday, Big Cass and Enzo were sharing the same locker room with Joey Janela, and everything was fine. Flash forward to the next night, Big Cass kept going out to his car. Uh, he ruined the surprise. He became erratic after he went to his car repeatedly. Nobody knew why he was going to his car. Um, it's been very well documented that he's battled alcoholism. A lot of people seem to think it's more. I think it's more. Um, I think he's on some cocaine, but we don't really know for sure because Big Cash just says he's battling addiction problems. So that could mean he's battling coke, he's battling heroin, he's battling alcoholism. We don't really know the extent of what he's truly battling because he's not saying anything. He's just saying he's battling. Either way, I'll take the high road. 
and wish Big Cass well. I just hope he doesn't destroy everybody in his life around him because of the stupid fucking decisions he makes. Um, the next thing is Tommaso Ciampa has revealed that he will be returning soon to the WWE. Last night on NXT, well, not last night, I'm sorry, earlier in the day before NXT happened, uh, Champa put a hype video out on his Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that, showing that he will be back. So no actual date on the return of Champa, but we do know he's coming back. Um, finally, the AEW weekly show name has been revealed, and it's exactly what the fuck it was told to be back in January when the trademarks were filed for AEW. All out, hey, that came to pass. Double or nothing, hey, that came to pass. Dynamite is the name of AEW's Wednesday night show on TNT. So it can long form be called All Elite Wrestling Wednesday Night Dynamite. But they just only went with the Dynamite. They didn't go with Wednesday Night Dynamite. They just went with Dynamite. Of course, that set off the fucking IWC, the Marks, the Jobbers. Everybody's in this fucking hailstorm of, oh my God, it's such a stupid fucking name. All right, cool. You go ahead and you let the name of a show dictate whether you like it or not. That's fantastic. I'll just watch it and enjoy it. So that's that. Um, now you have, I, I guess you would, I guess I could honestly put these two together. Um, the 2019 WWE draft was announced and also the announced team uh, for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and all that will be shaken up very soon. So the rumor and innuendo has been that Michael Cole is going to be moved to SmackDown with Corey Graves. So it'll be a two-man booth. They'll just be on SmackDown exclusively because the whole deal with this new um, draft that's going to happen is that there will be no more super shows, no more fucking rules where or wild card rules where four people can come from Raw and four from SmackDown, blah, 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 blah. No, this is brand exclusivity again. Fox wants particular superstars on their show because they have a feeling that these people will do good. So with Fox being involved in the drafting process, expect SmackDown to kind of become the flagship show. In all honesty, you're going to have so much invested into SmackDown because it's going to be on broadcast TV. It's going to be on basic cable. Like <laughs> you're talking the most basic form of cable, 3, 6, 10, and 29. Those are the stations around here anyway. Those are our local numbers. So you can get that with an antenna. You don't need cable. You don't need nothing. Fox is available everywhere. <laughs> everywhere and for free. So 
You're going to get a ton more eyes on SmackDown per week. Not to mention, um, they've been advertising the fuck out of SmackDown during NFL games. And when I say advertising the fuck out of it, I mean advertising the fuck out of it. Fox Network has been really big on advertising SmackDown. There's going to be a fucking bus that's traveling across the United States to go to California where the first episode of SmackDown will be live from. Uh, that journey actually started this past Monday on one or no, this past Tuesday on SmackDown, I believe. So needless to say, things are changing. Um, apparently the announced team for 205 Live, Vic Joseph and somebody else are going to be caught up to Raw because they're young, they're fresh, they're new. Then again, Corey Graves and um, Michael Cole are going to be going to SmackDown because you have the veteran and the cool guy that would appeal to the masses with Corey Graves because of tattoos, the way he looks, all that shit. Um, Michael Cole is obviously the household name that's going to drive that. So then you have, like I said, over on Raw, Vic Joseph and some other guy. I don't remember who he is because I'm not a 205 watcher, but uh, apparently they're both very good. And Vic Joseph has a kind of um, personality that's a mix between Mara Ronaldo and Michael Cole. So he can do that excited sound. He can actually make it sound like he's invested in things. So that's a plus. Um, other than that, again, we really don't know much about who's going to end up where. But we do know that the draft begins on October 11th, which is that Friday SmackDown Live from Las Vegas, Nevada. And it will finish on October 14th, Columbus Day, um, on Raw. So that's also another way to know (laughs) that SmackDown is going to become more of like the flagship show. Because the draft always began on Raw and ended on SmackDown. Now it's beginning on SmackDown and ending on Raw. So... Either way, that is pretty much everything I have for you on this fantastic day. I hope you guys have a great one. I hope maybe you liked the format of this podcast a little bit better than the other way. I feel, honestly, a little bit better about it. (laughs) Um, I think it feels good, refreshing. I just hope that maybe some people will send some Q&A so that way I can end it off like that. Because I think that's a really cool way to end it, you know, answering some questions from fans that like the show. Um, giving you guys your credit, your shout outs, all that shit. But um, either way, considering I don't have that this week, I'm going to bid you adieu. You've listened to me talk for 54 minutes now, and I appreciate it. So with that being said, uh, I'll see you guys on the other side of an elbow drop. Take care. And I will talk to you next week. Be safe, everybody.